Welcome to Toe to Toe, a podcast for realtors where you'll witness a battle of opinions about topics affecting your real estate business. There are many ways for realtors to achieve success. The secret is to find which approach will work for you. Now, always in your corner, here are your hosts, Jen Mertland and Monica Weekly. Welcome to another episode of Toe to Toe. I'm Jen Mertland, and I'm here with my constant opponent, Monica Weekly. Each episode, we choose a different real estate topic to battle about, and we go toe-to-toe, arguing our differing opinions. And as always, our number one goal is to help you, our fearless realtor friend, find the path that feels authentic to you. When you build your business based on a style and a set of standards that truly fits who you are, then your business will thrive and you'll love what you do and it just makes life a lot easier. just be fun. Yeah. And there, there is more than one way to win this game, isn't there, Jen? I mean, there's my way, the right way. Or no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> right, oh, clearly. All right. Well, in today's throwdown, Jen and I are going to be duking it out over this question. And this was a hot one. Ooh. Can agents effectively represent both sides of the deal? In other words, can agents effectively be a dual agent through a deal? Jen. You want me to go first? I want you to go first. All right. Yes, is my answer. <laughs> yes, for a thousand. And please explain your answer. <laughs> Let, I will be happy to explain. I think, well, the way that I'm coming about it is from my own perspective, right? Like, can I effectively represent both the buyer and the seller in the same transaction? And I'm saying yes, because the buyer wants to buy, the seller wants to sell. In all cases, regardless of who I'm representing. And my job is to help them get to an agreement that they both agree to. Like, I don't control either side, even when I'm representing. And I think, like, a lot of agents, I mean, it did get pretty heated. And in a lot of places, they change it. They don't call it dual agency, they call it transactional, which mm-hmm. is actually, I feel like, more accurate, mm-hmm. right? You're not necessarily quote unquote, like representing. But I also think like when I look at just an individual transaction and I look at like an average agent, I mean, they, they comment like they're just fierce negotiators and they're freaking not, man. (laughs) You think they're just doing whatever the hell the seller wants them to do and whatever the hell the buyer wants them to do. I mean, essentially, yes. If we're going to like boil it down to something similar, they're just hoping and praying that they get a sale, right? Most of the time. (laughs) So it's like, you know, for me, my number one concern is the buyer and the seller. There have been times when, because I do mostly listings, there's been times when a buyer comes, but I'm like not really comfortable with them for whatever reason. Like, I don't know. I just don't don't like them. <laughs> They're not driving with you. Yeah. I just, I mean, you know, so I don't want to represent them. So I would tell them, Hey, you're, you know, you can either get another agent or go unrepresented or whatever, you know, so I don't do it every time, mm-hmm. but honestly, on the times I do the transaction, you know, knock on wood. I mean, I've been doing this for a long time. The transactions have been very smooth. It's been easy. Everybody's been happy. Like, Boom, boom. Because a lot of the other transactions, agents are the ones that freaking get in the way. So you like yourself on the other side of the deal? Like you get (laughs) along with yourself pretty well? 
<laughs> I feel like we all should have a healthy dose of liking ourselves. Yes. You know? <laughs> the many faces of Jen Mertland. <laughs> all right. I am going think? to uh, punch back here. Oh, Lord. Now, there is a difference. Here's where I will give you. There's a difference between legally doing dual agency. Yes, we all can because it's allowed, at least in the state of Ohio. I, I think yeah, it's allowed. state, but I think, right. yeah. So yes, legally, can we do it? Yes, we can do it. The question was, can we do it effectively? And that's where I'm going to say no. That's Tell where I'm going to say this is where true fiduciary responsibility, where I am all in, I happen to know a lot more behind the scenes than uh, the, you know, a non-fiduciary responsibility kind of would would lend. I would absolutely have maybe their bottom number. I would know some motivating factors. I would know where their pain points are. And how can I then effectively represent the buyer in that knowing what I know and helping them by when they ask me a question, well, what do you think about this? I already know it. I cannot not know it. And that's See, because I, I'm a human I being. I understand what you're saying. You're saying because you have certain knowledge that if you represented the other side, that that knowledge may get in the way of you effectively representing that other side. It may. Mm-hmm. And see, I disagree because I think the more knowledge that I have, if they both want me to represent them, the better off I'm able to help them. There's a story <laughs> about- let's, Well, let's hear it. <laughs> about this, like, I forget all the details, but basically there's two people sitting and they they have two oranges and one has one orange and the other has the other. And they're both fighting over, they both want both oranges. Okay. Well, it turns out they ended up splitting it. And one person took one orange and the other person took the other orange. And person number one took only the outside and person number two took only the inside. Now, if they had communicated a little bit better, or maybe had somebody in the middle that understood both parties, they could have both had double what they really wanted. Wow. That is a story I have never heard before. I'm going to find it for you. Way to go. I like it. I'm just saying like, for me, I, my goal is to help them both get what they want. And if I know, because a lot of times I find that buyers and sellers, they can't always communicate what could work. But because I do these transactions all the time and because I work with people all the time and I know that there's so much in the actual unsaid of things, especially when you're negotiating, maybe I can offer something creative that I know both works for the buyer and the seller. And that creates a win-win for everybody. Sure. Okay. So let me give you this scenario. And this is the scenario that makes me most uncomfortable with this. Let's hear it. So let's say asking price is two fifty. You're the listing agent. Buyer comes along unrepresented. You talk to them. They want you to represent dual agent. Everybody's cool with that. Okay. You think everybody understands, which I also will argue. I don't think clients actually understand that. They you don't understand regular agency. They don't. They don't. Which so is that's the scary point. part. Okay. So buyer says, "Gosh, I really don't want to lose this house. Do you think we should go in over asking? Like, I don't want to risk anybody." Mm-hmm. If I was just representing the buyer, we could have a discussion around that without me knowing on the other side, oh my God, there's nobody looking at this house. We haven't had any showing, other showings. 
how, how can yeah, I? But even if you only represent the buyer, you would have no idea about that. Correct. But I might say to them, if I didn't have any knowledge of the listing, I might say to them, how badly do you want this house? This market does often bring multiples. If this is your house and you want to get it in no uncertain terms, let's go in at 250 with an escalation clause, allowing you to go $1,000 over the best. Then what did you want your cap to be like? I'll help you get this house. Why wouldn't you say that if you represented both? Because I have knowledge that I know, I know something and now I can't tell my buyer so that's not full fiduciary responsibility because I actually have knowledge that would help them not pay top dollar for this house. What is the definition of fiduciary responsibility? I feel like we need to. That, that might be a good idea to read that, but we all know, we like all, you know, it's that ultimate responsibility for representing their best interest. So if I, I mean, but even if you didn't, I understand what you're saying. And I think that's the point that a lot of people that say no make. The thing is, is like, I don't know that the language changes necessarily. The market is still hot. If they still, if you would say that, whether you represented them alone or together, that I would just say the same thing. Well, I might say, if I didn't know, let's go in just with a strong, you know, full price or 98%. Right. But I already know that my sellers would take less or that there's no one there. Like, I'm just saying, I get it. What you're saying conceptually. And I also don't think a lot of people are coming from the assumption that, Buyers always want to pay less and sellers always want to pay more. And that is not a hundred percent the case. Correct. So I think you're, that's, that's where your example is somewhat like maybe flawed in the, our assumption of what we think the buyer wants. Let's say that same buyer is like, I don't want to lose this house because my best friend lives on one side and my parents live on the other. And it's always been my freaking dream. And no matter who represents them, they will pay the highest price regardless. Right. So I say to them, well, then go in at a full price offer and let me see if we can get that done. All right. So they make a full price offer. My clients say yes. However, I knowing what she wants, I could say to my other sellers, I think you could counter higher and she'll spend it because she's dying for this house. If I was really I just don't representing think most them, people would do that. I know they wouldn't, but that's the point. Like, where does that end? Where does that knowledge? I mean, you have to have some type of like sense about yourself. Like you can't, I mean, come on. No, I get it in this example. Obviously, you're like, no, full price offer. Everybody's happy. Done. Win win. But there's going to be some version of that example where I can't actively represent the buyer because of something I know or vice versa. But even if you were only representing the buyer or the seller, you wouldn't have the information anyway. So I don't think it matters. No, but I do have the information. I know. And I think that's more helpful because you have it. I don't know. I feel like we're going to have to agree to disagree on this. I get it. It's just. Wow. This is tough. We're round and round. Yeah, it is. And don't get me wrong. I have done dual agencies and. And I have, and I haven't done them all the time. So I haven't either. Right. right. So, and they work out, but was I doing the best job I could with that? Or did I have to, I feel like you downshift when you're full bore, you're like all in on them. You're, you're, you're the listing agent, whatever, a dual agency situation pops up and you have to downshift into another role. 
And, and so you're like more in line with like the transactional. Correct. I love that term. Like I, I do believe you take on another role. Now, all you have to do is explain, hey guys, where I was going to go like a dog for you before, now I'm going to be a puppy. And I'm just going to make sure, that, right? You know what I mean? Like, I'm just going to make sure. I was going to be a pit bull. Now yeah. I'm going to be a retriever. And right. sometimes they're okay with that because a lot of right. buyers and sellers, I mean, we're doing what their request is anyway, right? Like sure. how much are, is the average agent actually a pit bull? I mean, I would venture to say like not often because yeah. I've been in negotiations and most of most people negotiation skills are terrible. They're just trying to get the deal done. That's it. That's all they want. So like, paycheck, right? that's the flawed premise in that. Like, oh, I was going to be a pit bull. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> I the first time we talked. Like, okay, pit bull. Uh, right. <laughs> well, should we go back to our corner? I think we better. I think we better, man. I'm getting dizzy with this round and round. Ah. (laughs) We're going to take a short break and hear a word from our sponsor. And when we return, we'll have the final punches. Do you have an entrepreneur mindset? Do you believe in the power of building wealth versus just selling houses? There's a new kind of business model for realtors, and you owe it to yourself to see why top agents and teams are aligning their future with the fastest growing real estate company in the world. EXP Realty, tomorrow's brokerage today. For more information or a private discussion, go to the Toe to Toe Podcast Facebook page and send a private message telling us you'd like to learn more about EXP Realty. Welcome back. Now, before we ring the bell for the final round, Jen and I took this question to the streets and boy, was this a street fight or what? Lord. Passionate about this. Jen, tell us what we heard from our famous realtor friends? Well, our friends were very vocal. <laughs> They're not usually very quiet. So I no, like this that. is true. Agents. Um, I think in general, most people felt that, well, if they have a state dual agency actually becomes transactional agency. So there was a lot of comments or something, whatever they call it. There's yeah. a lot of comments about that. And so that was really interesting. Yeah. What I like about doing this is because we get like, we, you know, we get out of our little sandbox, different perspective. Yeah. I like that. But then a lot of agents really were leaning towards no, like uh, Ben, hmm. <laughs> Ben, well, I mean. whatever, whatever. What you said was right. They leaned towards you. <laughs> <laughs> ben Nathanson, he said, I understand if it's legal in some areas, but in my opinion, if you act as a dual agent, it only means that you were successful in having each side agree to compromise. It does not mean you fulfilled your fiduciary duty to either party. Now that's really in line with what you were saying. Ben, that's exactly, gosh, wow. Ben, you should come on here and host toe to toe because that, those are the words I was that looking was very for. Beautifully written. Yeah. You know what? And as you were reading what he said, Ben, great job. Love that. What I what came to my mind is you become a watered down version. That's what you said. You like downshift. Yes, exactly. Okay, go on. And see, I don't anyway. Go. Uh Silvio Lavador. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Yeah. And I'm so glad it's not illegal in New Jersey because I've done dual agency many times and I'm always successful. One does have to be careful, but I believe if you adhere to high personal ethical standards and disclose everything, it's okay. So that's what I'm saying. That's right in line with you. And I know you do have the highest ethical standards, so it's not yes. a problem when you do dual, dual agency. I know that, but yes. Uh, thank you for that comment. That's great. Love it. All right, Monica. 
You want to get back in the ring and close out with our final round? Let's do it. You got one minute, baby. All right. So I do not think that agents can effectively, they can legally, but they cannot effectively represent their clients in a dual agency situation because of the need to actually shift put on a different hat, shift gears, or what I said, like watered down version of yourself and go into strictly moderator mode in some way to protect what you do know from the other side. And that, that need to protect makes you not as effective on the new side, the buyer side or listening side, whichever you know, way it may fall. So I just don't think it's the ideal situation for us to perform at the level we want to perform for our clients. Hmm. I think you make good points, but I'm going to just disagree with you. I figured you would. <laughs> Here's what I know. I think that the average agent sells like five or 10 houses a year. I don't think that they are necessarily doing their full fiduciary responsibility. I know for a fact, many agents are not a pit bull in negotiating anyway. And if I, for myself personally, now I don't think every agent should do dual agency. I think you have to like look at yourself and mm-hmm. say, you know, am I impartial? Can I help these people get what they both want in a way that makes sense for everybody and makes everybody happy? Mm-hmm. And for me, I can do it. Mm-hmm. I can do it better than an agent that sells one house a year. And if they're the representing the buyer. I agree because of your skill set. You know what? I just had an epiphany. Let's this, hear it. This is the one designation I would see to be effective that in order to agency, you have to have this designation and have gone through a course on how to actually transition from single fiduciary responsibility to dual. You know what? And you have to have a level of, I love this. You're so smart girl. And maybe there's like a level of production too, that if you don't have it, you lose it. You're not prepared. If you can't do one, you can't do both. You're so smart. When are you running for president? Uh, Tomorrow. Great. Put that on my, I got to put that on my calendar. Hold on. You're president for real estate of the world. That's right. Yes. Right. All right. Gosh, I hope somebody calls you and I to get this whole thing straight in the universe. Yeah. (laughs) All right. This is going to have to be the end of today's battle. Do you think there was a knockout? Is Jen laying flat out on her back on the ground or am I hurting for certain? (laughs) Go to our Facebook page and comment and vote. And thank you for downloading and subscribing and all those things you do to podcasts. We really hope you enjoyed today's battle. And we hope you heard something here today that helps you get clarity in your process and your path to success. Thanks, Monica. Thanks, Jen. See you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Toe to Toe Podcast. Make sure to hit the subscribe button so you get updates when new episodes are available. And we truly love feedback and would appreciate all likes, reviews, and suggestions for future topics.